welcome back to another episode of Retcon, a podcast of assorted geekery. I'm Rick Marshall, and today we're talking democracy. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be president of the United States, prime minister of England? Democracy 3 is a simulation game that allows the player to take the role of chief policymaker in a range of countries. You can run your own socialist utopia, capitalist paradise, or even a fascist empire. It's based on the principles of democracy where voters decide if they like what you're doing in the job they elected you to do. You can make hard drugs legal, advance science with aeronautical research, expand the military, or increase religious funding, or even leave the European Union. Retcon's Patrick Garrett spoke with Democracy 3 creator and director Cliff Harris about the social simulator and how it can apply to today's political quagmire. People often think that they could do a better job at running the country than, say, that guy. What makes this game, Democracy 3, special? I guess the thing that makes it different is the kind of accuracy of modeling everyone's opinions. It's based on a neural network that basically represents the extent to which people identify with different voter groups. So um, in, in a more simplistic game, you'd say have a voter that was... Uh, patriotic, whereas in Democracy 3, a voter might be kind of 53% patriotic, but also um, they might be elderly, um, they might be a trade unionist, all all to a different percentage. So the individual kind of actors um, in the game that represent the voters are quite complicated and quite nuanced. So you you can, for example, really anger Um, a particular group of people, but they will still vote for you because you're only angering kind of like 1%, one kind of aspect of of their political view. So people's political views in the game are very complicated. Because you have so many, you know, there's hundreds of options, which leaves us with thousands, if not possibly millions of outcomes. Mm. How complicated does the programming on that get? Uh, uh, Very (laughs) (laughs) is the short answer. It's programmed in a quite unusual way. It's basically programmed in a system that kind of replicates the human brain. And everything is treated the same in code. So in code terms, for example, you know, a policy is no different to a voter, which is no different to a group of voters, which is no different to um, a, a choice made in a dilemma or an event. So you end up with a quite a weird way of programming where... If it works, everything works, and if it doesn't, then it's just complete chaos. So it's not like a normal game that like you have a bug in a particular part of it. It's one sort of very complicated system where everything is dependent on everything else, and it does make it a complete nightmare to debug. How much of your game is based off of stats versus, you know, a I feel it should be this way? Well, it's probably more I feel it should be this way than stats, mostly because we are representing so many different countries. So, you know, France is very different to the United States politically and economically, and they're both very different to England, where I'm from. So apart from the fact that there is no perfect equation that would represent, for example, the extent to which you can get hold of guns and how much that affects gun crime, not only can you not model that in one simple equation, but you certainly can't have an equation that sort of fits France and Britain and the US for that. So there is, to some extent a bit of kind of fudging and cheating where we adjust the stats until it feels right and also until it's fun because then ultimately it is a game so if if we have a very accurate simulation that is just frustrating and irritating to play then obviously that's no good 
but we do start from looking at the, the real statistics. One of your expansions that I know is coming out as Africa, which is kind of a political quagmire. And how complex is making that versus, say, uh, the U.S. or the U.K. or another European country? And it was quite interesting working on that because a lot of the systems that we kind of assume work in, in the basic game, they, they just don't work at all in Africa. And when we sort of worked on that game, we wanted to have kind of no limits to it. So we didn't want to define African politics and, and the future of African politics in any particular way. So we left in everything that was from Democracy 3 and just added to it. So theoretically, you know, if you, if you manage things well and, and ran things well, you could turn Nigeria into some kind of massive global success story with a space program and everything. But the problem we encountered was that a lot of the things in the game that represent issues that people care about in the West are kind of put on hold in Africa. So, for example, you know, we might complain in the UK if we if we don't have enough legal aid or like so there's no art subsidies and we're upset as liberals. Whereas in Nigeria, you wouldn't think like that or, or, or like, you know, Somalia, you really wouldn't think like that because you have other things to worry about. So we had to introduce kind of a whole new system to it where you have concerns, but they are kind of trumped by more urgent concerns, which we take for granted in all the countries that are in Democracy 3. We just assume that we've got, you know, running water and reliable power and stuff like that. So we can kind of like worry about, well, effectively first world problems, I guess. Would you ever consider doing some things like the Middle East? I did think about it. It, it was on the sort of list of things to do when we decided to do Africa. But the thing is, the Middle East does, does change a lot. And it was kind of too politically tricky to do. I mean, Africa was fairly politically tricky to do because both the people working on the design were kind of white guys in England. But for us to then handle the Middle East, you know, people get upset about depictions of Africa, but people get really upset about depictions of the Middle East. And, and we get enough kind of criticism from people saying that we're biased one way or the other way on politics, you know, just when it comes to like the size of the state or tax rates or whatever. So to be honest, I, I think it was just, it wouldn't have been worth it in terms of the amount of abuse we would care for doing that. Oh, but I think that there is a game in that. I think that, that it would be an interesting game. I just don't think I can handle making it, to be honest. Do you think you could ever see a politician, you know, use the game to help curtail public policy? Well, some politicians do play the game. Um, because oh, really? I, I did, uh, yeah, I, um, I, I did have a thing um, a while ago when I offered free copies to anyone who could prove that they were a serving politician and I wouldn't tell anyone who they are. Um, and, and I did get quite a few. Um, obviously, I can't say who they are. Um, but yeah, it is weird to me, I think, that, for example, if you want to be a brain surgeon, obviously, there's an enormous amount of training and education and, and sort of practice that is required. And, and ultimately, you have one person's life in your hands, whereas politicians may make votes on going to war or changes to public policy that, that could save or kill thousands or even millions of people. Mm. And they don't have to have any compulsory training in anything, at least not in the UK. They may be completely ignorant of economics, for example, and still be elected. And they have, there's no real test bed apart from maybe local politics. So it, it does surprise me that there, there isn't like that we don't, for example, send all our politicians on like, you know, decision analysis courses to like teach them to identify biases and to, to make sensible decisions and to think long term and think through the repercussions of their decisions. We don't do any of that. We just vote for them and then let them do what they want. So I wish they did play Democracy 3, frankly. <laughs> well, when we have political situations like here in the U.S., I'm sure you're 
well aware of uh, with yeah. uh, people like Donald Trump, even Hillary Clinton. People have tested their policies through Democracy 3, as I've seen on uh, YouTube. Mm. Do you see this as close to accurate? It's very hard to say, obviously, but I think it's a worthwhile exercise because one of the reasons for making the game, one of the things that I, that I, I care about regarding the game is that it deals in terms of policies and, and action rather than personalities. If you play Democracy 3, it doesn't model whether or not you've got charisma or whether or not you've got like presidential hair, you know, or, or, or whether you're funny or you, you've got an accent people identify with. All of that is put to one side and it purely comes down to, to policy. So what I quite like when people do those things where they say, oh, you know, we'll try Trump's policies or, or Hillary's policies in Democracy 3, is that even if when you're watching that you think, well, you know, that's not accurate because the policy would not result in in that effect, then at least it gets people talking about the policies and the effects and, and forgetting like the candidates and who's proposing them. So it's actually discussing what I would kind of call pure politics, which I think is much more important than the whole kind of like personality media cult that it's kind of become. I'll ask the impossible question. Is it actually possible to win this game? I mean, truly win the game? I like to think of it it's more kind of like a toy than a game in that it doesn't, we never say you've won in the game ever. So we say you've lost if you're assassinated or you're voted out the next election. But but we, we never say you've won because I think the problem is a lot of people go into the game wanting to know how to win. And people say, oh, it's too easy to win or whatever. But I, I kind of take issue with that because it's how are you defining winning? To me, winning is changing society for the better as far as you are concerned and also getting re-elected multiple times. That's quite hard. But uh, you know, obviously it can be done. This has been Retcon, a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producers are Patrick Garrett, Jessica Blaustein-Marshall, and Dave Hopper. I'm Rick Marshall. You can subscribe to Retcon via iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store. Thanks for listening.